Welcome to Fronteras, a program that explores issues at the border and beyond through the lens of arts, culture, and history. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio. Westside San Antonio has long been demonized, usually by outsiders, as violent, crime-ridden, and poverty-stricken. The culture and people of San Antonio's historic West Side have managed to survive urban renewal, gentrification, resident displacement, and demolition of historic structures. The reissue of a book that capitalizes on the seamier side of Westside San Antonio history has sparked what is for many Westside advocates a never-ending defense of a region that dates back millennia to the indigenous settlers on the San Pedro Creek. Texas Public Radio hosted a panel discussion in January 2024 to talk about the book West of the Creek, Murder, Mayhem, and Vice in Old San Antonio. The book by David Bowser features stories that take readers to the days of the Old West and features madams, houses of ill repute, Old West shootouts, and famous figures who passed through the region like Wyatt Earp and Butch Cassidy. The panel was moderated by TPR's Marianne Navarro. The guests were in the order you'll hear them in this half of the program, Dr. Antonia Castaneda, a native of Crystal City, Texas, and a professor emeritus of history at St. Mary's University in San Antonio. She's a member of the Westside Preservation Alliance, or the WPA. You'll hear from cultural historian Claudia Guerra, who wrote the foreword to the reissue of West of the Creek. She held the position of cultural historian with the City of San Antonio Office of Historic Preservation and is now the city's assistant director for diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. Elaine Ayala is a Metro columnist with the San Antonio Express News. Her coverage focuses on communities of color. And lastly, in this half, you'll hear from Graciela Sanchez, director of San Antonio's Esperanza Peace and Justice Center. Antonia Castaneda points out that TPR's headquarters, where this panel took place, is literally west of the creek, the San Pedro Creek, and it stands in stark contrast to a historic media center founded on San Antonio's west side in the 1950s that came to an unfortunate end, the Univision building that housed the nation's very first Spanish-language news station, KCOR, KCOR. It was demolished in 2013 to make room for apartments. Um, so we sought and tried to save Univision. We tried to save Caseor, and we were told uh, by city officials, one, that building is old, ugly, and dilapidated. Why do you want to save it? Two, it has no history. This is the first Spanish-language station, radio station, in, in the universe. Not in L.A., not in Houston, not in someplace else. In San, not Miami, in San Antonio, and the first Spanish-language television. And we were told by city officials it has no history. So when you're faced with that kind of opposition, and you're a nonprofit con just very few people uh, and trying to attend to myriad uh, arts and culture issues and preservation, it's extremely difficult. So we've won some, we've lost some, Uh, but there are more to win, and so we are looking forward to doing so. I, I would like to say 
Well, thank you, first of all, because it was the bringing down of Univision that created the cultural historian position because of the advocacy of the WPA. So that was how I got my job with the city. But something, as you, you travel through the West Side or other parts of town that maybe have been underserved uh, by infrastructure, by the city, or by development in general, consider that it's never the building's fault. So let's not blame the building for not being in the state of maintenance that we think it should be, or um, that maybe just because we can't see the history that we might in some of the other neighborhoods like King William Mansion, that doesn't mean that place doesn't have importance to somebody. And so when we ask for assistance with the WPA, it's with that idea in mind that this place has meaning to somebody. And it's our job to understand that meaning and then to figure out how can we save and recover lost places. You know, thinking again about all this outlaw history, uh, it reminds me that these were all transitory people. That They created this uh, image, a negative, scary image, but they weren't people who were from San Antonio. They're coming in and creating this, and it wasn't necessarily, it, that's not the people who did live there day in and day out, the Corteses, the Navarros, all of the, the Rodriguez's, all of those families wanted to be able to go to church because there were a number of churches in the area. They wanted their kids to walk to school because there were two schools in the area. Everybody wanted them to be safe. Um, some of my favorite times were when the streets would flood and we would create little boats out Cops of paper would take and popsicle. Issue with that. Yes. <laughs> and we were floating them, you know, our paper boats down the street. It wasn't until I grew up that I realized, well, wait a minute, this is um, an inequity. The streets shouldn't be flooding this way. So I want you to have that idea of family and of community. I could walk down to go get pan dulce on Sunday mornings. We all descended at my grandmother's house, and it was my job to go get pan dulce. And I could walk two blocks away out of sight of my grandmother's house and her eyes, but everybody, other grandmothers were watching me. I had lots of abuelitas watching me. Uh, we'd go to Chapas to get our candy. You know, it was, I, I don't want to make it sound like a magical, realist kind of environment, but it was, and I think that's the sparkle of childhood. As a yeah. kid, that's how you always see that's it, right? You see, you see it, it with a, yeah. a glazed light, and it's always so beautiful. Yeah. I've tried through my columns and my stories to tell some of these stories, but there's only um, a limited avenue for them. And um, in so many of them, and, and stories by my colleagues over years, is to better tell the story of all parts of town. And in San Antonio, what we have is the most Mexican of U.S. cities. A geographer from California came here in the 70s, and in the 80s wrote a story for a, an academic geographic uh, volume, and the title was San Antonio, the Mexican-American Cultural Capital of the United States. And he was primarily talking about downtown and the west side, and probably the south side too as we go towards the missions. I mean, the cultural depth there is, is very deep. And one of the ways I address talking about or writing about these huge, over, overwhelming sort of topics is to narrow it down to the creation of Maldiv, West Side. 
when you think of the pecan sheller strike, the first major Mexican-American labor event ever recorded in U.S. history was here in San Antonio in 1938. And a woman who probably didn't even weigh 100 pounds, Emma Tenayuca, led it. And as many as 12,000 pecan shellers walked off their jobs. That's here in San Antonio. The Southwest Voter Registration Education Project was born right here, and Willie Velostic from San Antonio and the West Side birthed it. And when he was at St. Mary's and a whole bunch of other, uh, mostly young men, but I know young women were also involved, like Irma Mireles, Quien Paz Descanse, they were organizing the Mexican-American Youth Organization, which was a recursor to the Raza Unida Party. And those young students helped parents and students at Edgewood Independent School District schools to walk out of their schools to protest the inequity in educational opportunities. That case reached the Supreme Court. That case moved Texas legislators to change the way they fund education. Still not perfect, but it's a lot better. Because the students were complaining about old books that they had to share. I had to share at Memorial High School. I shared my physics books. Um, We took turns taking the book home every other night to do homework because there wasn't enough of them. And they were outdated. But students were also protesting the lack of paper towels or toilet paper in restrooms. That's how dilapidated. And from these beginnings arose so many movements. Henry Cisneros likes to say that San Antonio is to Mexican-American civil rights what Atlanta is to black civil rights history. And right now, as Graciela can probably talk about, there's been um, a way to uh, exchange information between San Antonio's west side and the west side of Atlanta. About 40 of us uh, from San Antonio went to Atlanta a couple of weekends ago. Uh, Some of the folks in the audience were there. And so we're trying to, I think part of the work we've been trying to do is, yes, the preservation of the built environment in the West Side, but also the preservation of the people, the legacy, the folks who have been living there, again, 120 years, 100 years, 50 years, right? Yeah, just, so how do we do that? And it seems like Atlanta, at least one of the things that we appreciated was that they raised over $400 million to help uh, community members stay in place. We do not have that sort of money in San Antonio, but you know, how is it that we can challenge corporations, county and city governments and federal governments to try to do that? We're trying to create policies that keep people in place. And I think it's been hard for us to see any movement within the bureaucracy or bureaucracy of, of, of San Antonio and the county. Um, so uh, I think that's a big challenge for us here. Graciela Sanchez is the director of the Esperanza Peace and Justice Center. We also heard from Express News columnist Elaine Ayala, cultural historian Claudia Guerra, and historian Antonia Castaneda. You're listening to a panel discussion on the historic west side of San Antonio, sparked by the reissue of the book West of the Creek, Murder, Mayhem, and Vice in Old San Antonio by David Bowser, published by Trinity University Press. The conversation continues next on Fronteras.
Welcome back to Fronteras. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio. We're listening today to a panel discussion sparked by the publication of a new edition of the book, West of the Creek, Murder, Mayhem, and Vice in Old San Antonio by David Bowser. The panel was recorded at Texas Public Radio headquarters and is moderated by Fronteras producer Marian Navarro. The conversation so far has touched on not the murder, mayhem, and vice described in the book, but on the culture, the history, and the people of the historic west side of San Antonio. Today's panelists are, in the order you'll hear them in this half, San Antonio Express News columnist Elaine Ayala, activist Graciela Sanchez, who heads San Antonio's Esperanza Peace and Justice Center, and cultural historian Claudia Guerra. The panel is edited for broadcast. We start this section of the program with a question by moderator Marian Navarro. Elaine Ayala will be the first to respond. I'm from San Antonio. I was born and raised here my whole life. I'm not from the west side. I'm from the far west side. Um, but I never heard about Emma Tenayuca, and I never heard about the pecan shellers. I never heard about the significance of San Pedro Creek until I got to college and until I came here to TPR. So these are stories that you don't hear and that you don't aren't a part of every day. So being able to have historical preservation and to capture these stories is an important part of preserving the West Side. This is why most Texans, maybe your age and older, um, never learned in school that slavery was an issue in the Republic of Texas or at the Battle of the Alamo. We never learned that the actual battle that was really um, just horrendous was the Battle of Medina on the south side of San Antonio. So this is happening in part because we were not taught truth. And it takes a long time to finally discover it. And uh, because it hasn't been written that way. No, and I think there's a reason for that, right? They they don't want us to know that history, that richness, that... of our of our people, of our of our culture, of our you know traditions, to make people feel good about themselves, right? The the racism of this country, of the city, is you know let we hide it. You know they say in San Antonio that there is no racism, and they've said that all along that we all get along, and that that's a story for the tourists. So they are not afraid to come to San Antonio. The truth is, they want us to continue to remain as a community, right? We need we need workers for the hotel, yeah. for the tourists, of you know, for people who work at the restaurants downtown, for people who work at Fiesta Texas and SeaWorld, right? Those folks get paid minimum wage, and they do not get benefits. And we wonder why we're the poorest, economically poor city in the nation, and sometimes we're second, and sometimes we're third, but we're poor. We're a very poor city. 78207 income averages $25,000. That's poor. If you have to pay $1,000 a month for renting something in, in the neighborhood, that's nothing, right? So for a lot of us, it's about creating these alternative spaces. You know? So Esperanza is helping because the community asked for it is build a museo. So we're building the Museo del West Side. There's a website, but it'll identify at least 31 mujeres f- that come out of the West Side. In a few months, we're going to have a physical space that you can go to. Any final thoughts about the book? Any final thoughts about this topic, West Side of the Creek, that you all want to uh, kind of end on a final note with? Like um, Antonia, 
when I first saw the topic and murder, mayhem, and vice, kind of pissed me off that you know that's what was written about and that this got published. But um, first of all, all history is important. We all of it has to be documented. And I searched for madams that were Mexican. I didn't find that many. I didn't find any actually. They were all white, and um, and um, kind of made me a little proud. Um, but but I know there was some, and I'm I, coincidentally just today I was talking to a lawyer in town who I asked, "Hey, will, will you someday talk to me about your grandmother, one of the most notorious madams in San Antonio modern history?" And she said yes. So stay tuned, um, because that's important too. Because her family ended up producing highly educated lawyers, judges, <laughs> and um, and um, and and she was involved in uh, gambling, prostitution, and um, other notorious things. That was probably the source of their being able to go on to school later. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) It's what paid for lots of trips to Vegas for her later in life, where she sat at gambling tables for three days at a time, um, but also paid for a lot of education. Um, To piggyback on not finding any madams of the time that were Latinas, uh, the outlaws, I've done some deep research into the outlaws, they were all Confederate soldiers to a T. I've not found one that was not. Um, so just an idea to think about the racism and, and what that uh, brought in. Um, I would invite you to uh, go west of the highway to see uh, modern, current West Side culture and, and, and enjoy it. Uh, but if you want to see culture in the west of San Pedro Creek that's still there, go to a place like Sanitary Tortillas. Uh, called sanitary because it was created during a time of tuberculosis and cholera and a time when uh, the first tortilla-making machine came to San Antonio and is the one that they still use there. And it was sanitary because it was made by machine, not by humans. Uh, and they still have wonderful food there. Um, the One of the other buildings that we've been trying to save um, is on uh, Laredo and... Uh, in Guadalupe. Uh, it's a house. Uh, it, it has a longer history, but what we connected to is that was where the Hippo Bottling Company was and the family that had Hippo. So for those of you who have been here for a long time, you know Hippo as um, a soda that was produced here. So the, the, all of that element is still there, and thank you to Graciela for creating the Museo, because that's where we're going to hear more of these stories. And it's a beautiful, the West Side is beautiful. I love the West Side. Um, there's so much richness and there's genius there. And there's lovely, lovely people. And we have to stop demonizing that historic West Side because that's what's, I mean, my mom, who was born in 1923, said when she was a little girl, they said it, the West Side was bad. So this has been going on for hundreds of years. Please help us change that, but also help us create those policies that keep people in that neighborhood and not just make it all nice. Again, the Pearl's nice, but the people that live there are no longer there. Blue Star and that whole area of Southtown, it was our, there were Mexican-Americans there. They're all gone, right? So we don't want to keep pushing people out. Why build a Museo del West Side if the neighborhood disappears? Right? That's why we were helping to, you know, if they had taken down the Alasan Apache courts, 
a thousand people would have disappeared. And it would have not only hurt the Esperanza's museo, but it would have closed down schools, right? It would have closed down the Guadalupe Church. You know, it would have closed down a whole community. So we need to preserve, and we invite all of you to help us out. Graciela Sanchez is the director of San Antonio's Esperanza Peace and Justice Center. We also heard from cultural historian Claudia Guerra, San Antonio Express News Metro columnist Elaine Ayala, and Dr. Antonia Castañeda, professor emeritus of history at St. Mary's University and founding member of the West Side Preservation Alliance. They were recorded as part of a panel discussion January 24, 2024, at the Malu and Carlos Alvarez Theater at Texas Public Radio headquarters. The panel was a Maverick Book Club conversation about the new edition of the book, West of the Creek, Murder, Mayhem, and Vice in Old San Antonio by David Bowser. Maverick Books is an imprint of Trinity University Press. The panel discussion was moderated by Texas Public Radio's Maria Navarro and was edited for broadcast. See video of the panel on Texas Public Radio's YouTube page, and you can hear more from this panel on last week's Fronteras episode at tpr.org and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us today for Fronteras. Fronteras is produced by Norma Martinez and Marianne Navarro. Our executive producer is Dan Katz. Our editor is Fernando Ortiz Jr. Charanga Cakewalk composed our theme music. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio.